0: What's up? What are you doing?
1: I'm trying to figure out what words to use for the podcast today.
0: What do you mean? I don't remember what we're supposed to be talking about.
1: We're talking about what love is.
0: Okay, so you're trying to figure out exactly like how you would describe to people what love is? Yes. Okay, so I guess, how would I say it? Um, I think I'd probably say something like... Uh, Okay, anyway, I don't know where that came from, but um, you, you understand what I'm saying, right? You get it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love the lamp.
0: Welcome back to Life, Death, and Cookies. My name is Oliver Tanner. And I'm Shar Tanner. And uh, so today, uh, we, we we made a little mistake. We recorded this episode already, okay? But when we recorded it, we didn't realize how much we had to talk about. So we're actually taking an episode that we already recorded, and we're splitting it into two episodes. There's kind of two halves to what we're talking about, what love is, And then the next episode is what love isn't yes right and so anyway the the what love is comes from
1: so this is continuing we've been doing a couple episodes about um the four things that matter most by dr ira byock and um one of the things is saying i love you and so we're we've just been going a little bit deeper dive into I love you. And today we're going to talk about what love is, like you said. And next time we will talk about what love isn't.
0: So anybody who's watching, if you're like, wait, they changed their clothes really fast. We didn't. We just, we just, yeah. Sorry, it's getting a little clipped together, pieced together. Um, And so we ask you to please forgive us for our uh, craziness. We just felt like, you know... Maybe an hour and a half was a little bit much to ask you to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's what's going on. So, that being said, let's roll tape. Sound well, good?
1: well um, yeah, I was just going to say, um, it just gives Joseph and I some more practice on editing.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I hope we did well, and let us know in the comments if you like it, and... We'll see you again after the discussion. We are going to add a, another fun segment. Yes. And then we'll close out with a cookie. So, seeing you, in a minute.
1: So, we hear things like, I fell in love, or I f- we just fell out of love, right? right? Um, like we have no choice in the ma- matter. Um, right. And so we're going to talk about whether that's true. Um, and we discussed this concept and what it had to do um, in relation to marriage in um, season one, I believe it was episode five, um, it, when we talked about, well, I don't even remember what, but it was right. the one but, of the marriage episodes.
0: But, sure, I will say, um, so sometimes I say something to you and you say, yeah, you already told me that. And then what do I say to you when you say that?
1: Um, then I must really mean it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> if I'm going to say it twice, then I must uh, really mean what I'm saying. I must not be just making it up.
1: Yeah, this is something that's pretty, I mean, pretty um, one of your grants yeah. in life.
0: Yes, <laughs> sort of. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I. I don't know where we really begin with this, but yes, we you're probably going to hear, if you watch this podcast, you're going to hear several things that we say repeated multiple times mm-hmm. because we really uh, feel strongly about them and we really mean it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and... Many times things cross over and connect with other uh, areas of life.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say is that we talked about it more in relation to marriage before and today we're going to talk about it in relation to just love in general. Right. It's still the same principle whether it's a um, mate or your friend that you love right. or um, your children that you love or parents. So, right. Um, so I think we'll. So we
0: are not speaking specifically just about romantic love today. No, we're talking about all love.
1: No, because um, in Dr. Biak's book, Biak, 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 it's when you're saying "I love you." It's I mean it did, it didn't focus only on marriage love. It's on right. You say I love you to your children, your parents, and they don't get much into friends, really. But it's yeah, you love your
0: friends. Nobody really loves their no, friends
1: anyway. A, you do love. There are. Don't f- tell
0: me who I love. Okay. Jeez. Well,
1: I have friends that All I right, love. So
0: you have friends that you love. Yes.
1: Right. So let's get in with it. And the first one is we already kind of, uh, um, I can't think of the word introduced. Um,
0: initiated no sorry i'm look guys i suck like, sometimes at reading her mind
1: you're usually pretty good though okay we'll just move on and we'll say that and somewhere later in the episode i'll be like oh that was the word okay because that's usually what happens
0: i'll wait for it
1: okay but we alluded is that the right word would that work
0: alluded not eluded that's a different alluded thing. alluded to
1: we alluded to is okay. that work it's sure does that does that works
0: better than eluded that means escape from
1: (laughs) okay so so we
0: alluded is like hinted at
1: yeah yes that's what I so we
0: alluded to yes
1: that's what I was looking for alluded to see it comes eventually
0: all right so let's get back on the topic
1: (laughs) okay so love is a choice yes That's it.
0: There you go. Okay, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate having you here. We're not even going to have a cookie today because there you go. Love is a choice.
1: No, so, and I have some things that, I don't know if I brought this up in that episode that we talked about love being a choice, but Jesus commanded us to love one another. Yes. So how can we... Be commanded to do something that we have no choice in. Right. I mean that—that's something you taught me. Right. Well, and
0: this is—you uh, know—I was thinking earlier today actually about this topic, and uh, I w- a song came to mind, as frequently happens. Right. Um, a song from the '80s that goes something like, uh, "What's love got to do, got to do with it?" Uh, oh, don't.
1: Yeah. I'm What's like-
0: love? but a secondhand emotion,
1: uh-huh. right?
0: And there seems to be this idea that's very popular, and it's been around for a long time, at least since the 80s, pretty sure before that too, mm-hmm. that love was an emotion, that love is something that you feel, that mm-hmm. love is just a thing that you feel. It's just this emotional thing, and it's not. There might be emotions that accompany love, but love is not the emotion, okay? That's excitement. Uh, I really like, uh, so I like language, right? Mm -hmm. And I like being precise with Mm -hmm. language. And the thing that you're feeling, it isn't love. It's excitement. It might be um, desire Mm -hmm. uh, for something, something something i don't know Uh, you know uh so there's desire there's excitement there's um i think twitter patient is actually a good descriptor no Uh, but i think that you know there's there's emotions that go that can go with love sometimes certainly with someone who you love there are emotions that come with it but the love itself is not the emotion. The emotion accompanies the love. Mm-hmm. Love is not the emotion.
1: And so
0: I, yes. I just
1: wanna say that and if you have love that sometimes you need to like if some of that those feelings are dissipating mm-hmm. because you love someone, sometimes you ha you need to find those other feelings and right. bring them back alive again. Right.
0: And that's the thing is that uh your emotions really are so a lot of times people i've also heard people say oh love is just uh chemicals firing in your brain right Mm -hmm.
1: um what's the point of you saying it yeah or he's giving us something that we
0: that we actually can control
1: yeah or if he if he was saying it and why so the first thing is if he's saying it what it's a waste of saying it if we can't control it right. or he's giving us a commandment we can't
0: right. follow. Well, but it leaves us with two choices. We didn't understand what he was talking about because we were thinking it was an emotion he was telling us uh, something that we actually did have control over. Uh, it cannot be something that you have control over and something that you don't have control over. Yeah. Um, you know, there's yeah. no way to do it. And so then, basically, Jesus would be giving us a commandment to do a thing that we could not do.
1: Yeah, either it's like, it's, um, what's the point of you saying it? Yeah. Or he's give, giving us something that we...
0: That we actually can control.
1: Yeah, or if he if he was saying it, and why... So the first thing is, if he's saying it, what? it's a waste of saying it if we can't control it. Right. Or he's giving us a commandment we can't
0: right. follow. Well but it leaves us with two choices, right? Yeah. It leaves us with the option of either he was just saying it because it sounded good and uh he would just needed to say something that sounded good or whatever. Or we didn't understand what he was talking about because we were thinking it was an emotion. And he was telling us uh, something that we actually did have control over. Uh, It cannot be something that you have control over and something that you don't have control over. Yeah. Um, It doesn't really work like that. And especially if he's saying in a very, yes, in a command sort of way, love one another right and this is something that he said over and over again uh the council was given husbands love your wives
1: mm-hmm.
0: how could that be true if love is just a thing that happens yeah and i think we talked about this before but you know then we get into the concept of oh we we fell out of love mm-hmm. right i'm sorry Nonsense! You didn't fall out of love. You chose to stop loving each other. Yeah. And that's how it works. There's no such thing as falling out of love because love is not an emotional thing. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so let's continue on from this because now it's turning into an Oliver the and There's not this segment, okay?
1: <laughs> okay, so the next one is love is for everyone. Yes. Um, so we also in the Bible... Um, This one I have the actual reference for, Matthew 5, verses 43 to 44. Um, We are commanded to even love our enemies. Yes. Um, And it says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I don't think that there's yeah. any question there of how we as Christians are supposed to live our lives. Now, I do want to point out that this doesn't mean that we put ourselves in harm with, harm's way. We love the murderers out there, so we go and, um, you know, right. um, go hang out at parties with right. them. Right. Well, and...
0: Really, I had to come to a point where I had to figure out what this meant uh when I was serving my mission, right I had my parents actively uh working against me i i mean they there's no other way to describe it other than that they had become my enemies right I wish that that wasn't the description that was uh applicable to the situation but it is Mm -hmm. and they were trying to hurt me they were doing things and i had and i remember when i was on my mission reading this specifically and uh praying and going i don't know how to love my enemies help me to know how to follow this counsel
1: Mm-hmm. And this
0: was, uh, this is a part of where, you know, uh, my understanding of love developed, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you look at this, and he actually tells you what to do. He says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them, wish to spitefully use you and persecute you. And so that's, that really, that's where it started, mm-hmm. was then I began as a missionary, I was like, okay, you know what, Heavenly Father, please uh, help my parents. And I would pray for them. Mm-hmm. I pray for them regularly. I would pray that they would, uh, really, my whole objective was to get them to stop harming my siblings and to uh, change the way that they did things so that it was not destructive and not harmful. I never prayed for my uh, father to get his comeuppance. I never prayed for either of them to be punished. I didn't want either of them to be punished. I prayed. And this is where you know, do good to them. I, I wrote home every week, I tried to make my letters home uplifting. Um, I sent home packages uh, at Christmas time. Uh, I didn't ever get packages from home. I sent packages to home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Um, I did all that I could to try to reach out to them. I, re- I tried to reach out to help them to see the ways in which they were hurting their family and really ultimately hurting themselves. And, you know, so I, I prayed for them. I did what I felt like I could, what I felt was the right thing to try to help them. I, yeah, I, I did everything that I could and I tried to continue that uh, for 23 years, trying to help them in every way that I could up until the point when my father finally died, and then it was too late to really do anything for him anyway.
1: Yeah, and I want to say something about that, is that, you know, I didn't know you um, in person, at at this time when this was all happening with you but obviously we got married and i knew how you were when we first got married and i really feel super hot
0: is that what you're saying that's
1: not what i'm talking about but yes (laughs) but um but i saw this happening in you and maybe i don't know if you felt this way but maybe in the beginning you were doing it out of obligation but I, because I felt like, like, I feel like how you f- felt about your parents when we first got married is very different, has changed. Uh, as, an, okay. as an outsider, I think it has changed. And I think that you really do. I think you said that you loved them in the beginning, mm-hmm. but maybe didn't really mean it, but you wanted to mean it. But I think over time, it, you have come
0: that you really mean it. Right. And I feel that. Well, there's um, a quote, I don't even remember who said it, it was one of the presidents of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, and he was talking about, he, anyway, the quote is basically um, that a testimony is found in the bearing of it, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes when you're not really sure about a thing. You think you're sure, but you're not really sure about something being true, you know. Maybe you think you have a testimony about something, and you're like, ah, I mean, but I have some doubts. Just try bearing your testimony anyway Mm -hmm. and see what happens. And uh, sometimes it's it's that act of faith, that stepping into the darkness, that uh, then you start to feel, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, I, I do. Uh, feel that. And, and that's, I will agree with what you said. You know, when I started this process on my mission, now I did want to help my parents. Yeah, that desire was always there. Mm-hmm. But actually, I was really more trying to help my siblings than my parents.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair.
0: You know, and um, it was kind of more helping the whole family. And when I began the process, it was more of okay well i uh love my heavenly father and i love jesus christ and i want to do what they want me to do and they have very clearly told me what they want me to do and so i am going to try to do the thing that they told me to do and so it was more uh i'm trying to do the things that i'm supposed to do here and that but it over time i i would good job (laughs) sorry
1: Okay, so the next thing, so we've done love is a choice, love yep. is for everyone. The next one is love is a commitment, and I don't have a scripture to go with this. This is just something that I kind of, you know, you have to, um, I mean, especially when it comes to those intimate relationships, husband, wife, children, parents, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a commitment. It's something that when you choose to love someone then you're committing to be yeah. there for them
0: yeah it's um I was trying to think of a better word than commitment but I, oh. I, it's a commitment yeah
1: I will yeah, that, I will, there we go. Uh, I, w- I will admit that I made these lists on my own without the wisdom of Oliver <laughs> so
0: well that's probably a good thing in this case <laughs> but um, anyway,
1: so or the the preciseness of words that you um, like, yeah, that you okay. Well, anyway, to. no,
0: I think that uh, calling it a commitment is is good. And, you know, um, I've always kind of felt like um, if you love is a serious thing. I've always felt like it was a very serious thing, right? And if you're going to tell someone that you love them, or if you're going to decide that you love a person or uh, an idea or an ideal or whatever, that if you mean it, then you stick to it. You don't change your mind later. Mm -hmm. Right? And um, otherwise, is it really love for you that I have, or is it love for myself? So if I say, Char, I love you, and I go, no, really, I do. But really what I mean is, I love you because you do things that I like. And as long as you do things that I like, then I love you. Well, that isn't love for you. That's love for me. It's completely selfish. Uh, If I say, Char, I love you, and you do things that I don't like, but I say, you know what? You're doing things that I don't like, but I still love you and I'm gonna keep loving you, okay? Now, obviously it's not good if it becomes an abusive type of situation Mm -hmm. or if uh, it becomes uh, you taking advantage of my love. And at that point, you know, there does come a point where uh, continued abuse of a person's love and their choice to love you uh goes too far yeah and where it can't be tolerated it does have to be reciprocated okay uh at some level but when i commit to loving you it isn't i love you as long as you know uh i guess a good example would be i uh, say i go oh well sure she's hot right and when we were first married You were much younger and you looked younger. And say, I go, well, I I will love Char as long as she is youthful looking and she's super hot like when we first got married. Okay. I don't
1: think I was ever hot, but okay. Okay. I get what you're saying. But
0: you get what I'm saying. Okay. Well, guess what happens when people get older? They age. Mm -hmm. They they put on weight. Mm -hmm. You know, it happens. This is a thing that happens. And so if I go, well, you know what? Char doesn't fit this uh, idea of perfection that I built in my head anymore. Therefore, I do not love her anymore. It's time for me to find somebody else who fits that ideal. Well, I never loved you in that case. I only loved myself.
1: Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more. You know, obviously, a lot of this stuff will overlap when we get into what love isn't. Right. Because we're, you know, doing opposites yes so we'll talk a little bit more about that as well
0: but I think that the love being a commitment does also lead into uh, the next point which is that love is forgiving right and it could be forgiving of you know natural imperfections like the fact that I'm a more than a few pounds heavier than I used to be right Uh, my head is a little bit more shiny now than it used to be. (laughs) Thank you for laughing. Uh, It's a lot more shiny now than it used to be. Yes. I used to have quite a lovely head of hair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, um, so forgiveness for little things like that, but also forgiveness for big things. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, I think I have, when someone loves you, they love all of you. That includes your weaknesses and knowing your weaknesses and still loving you. Um, But I do also think that, I mean, that's not what we're talking about, but you also wanna, oh yeah, that leads on to the next one, sees potential. So you can be forgiving of those things, but also encouraging and um, you see that potential in that person. and encourage them to be the better versions version of themselves
0: well and that forgiveness is um, it's a tricky thing because it isn't the case that so uh, you have a a relationship with somebody and then just everything that they do it's just okay. Whatever you do, uh, it's okay yeah, because yeah. I'm going to forgive everything. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's all about. Yeah, the forgiveness is about removing the hatred and the malice from your own heart when somebody else offends you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about you choosing to uh, not let that hatred and that anger infect you and so uh, that's really what the forgiveness is and as far as you know if somebody in the relationship does something that damages the relationship this is where there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation you can forgive I can forgive someone um, in my life because they're dangerous Mm um it's not good to have them in my children's lives because they're dangerous. Um, just because they're dangerous though doesn't mean I have to hate them.
1: Yeah, and I think not, I mean, kind of, it's still important. So as part of love is forgiving, you know, it's still important. You don't automatically be like, oh, they know that I'm sorry. You. It's still important to say I'm sorry. Um, and we're going to talk about Uh, forgiveness and saying sorry in a future episode. But, um, you know, like you're saying, um, you don't just ignore things, you don't um, put things, forget about things or allow things to happen to you. And it's also important to be able to say, as part of love being forgiving, is to be able to say, I'm sorry, when it's needed.
0: Well, and part of that forgiveness is when somebody has done something say they've done something really uh, egregious. Um, Now, if they just go ahead and continue on, and they don't care, uh, then uh, I don't think that you should just sweep it under the rug, okay? But if, say, that person does something that's really egregious, and they come and sincerely Apologize and they say, and they ask for your forgiveness. Uh, that and they say, Look, I did something that's terrible, and I feel really bad for it, and I want you to forgive me. Will you please forgive me? Part of that forgiveness is accepting the, the apology. That does not necessarily mean, again, going back to that, doesn't necessarily mean that you have the. You say, okay, well, you know what? Now I trust you implicitly again, and let's just go back to everything the way that uh, we all want it to be. Yeah. Uh, that, that's not necessarily what it means. Okay? But it, when somebody does actually apologize and you accept the apology, and you work on the trust yeah. over time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And you work on the reconciliation over time, or at least you're willing to. But even there, it takes both sides. You have to be willing to work on it, and they have to be willing to work on it. Yeah. Right, And that's one of the things that is important with love to recognize is that in any relationship, all it takes to really destroy love is for one of the two parties to jump shit. Yeah. It's a thing that is mutual. It has to be mutual, right? And I can continue. So if you decided that you were like, you know what? I am done with Oliver's bull crap. He's a duty head and I don't like him anymore. And you decided to jump ship and you didn't want to work on the relationship anymore and you just wanted to go and do your own thing, live for yourself, whatever, right? I could continue loving you but that's not gonna save the relationship. If you give up, whole thing is done.
1: Is the, but that you're talking more about in a re- marriage relationship, but what about in, in other relationships? Do you think that um, a love relationship between parent and child or sibling and sibling or, or even just you know say yeah. you, you love uh, it applies, a member of your congregation? It applies the
0: same way. Um,
1: because we're if, supposed to if, love everyone if you have
0: a relationship with your parents you can continue to love your parents but if they decide you know what i don't like you anymore i don't love you anymore i don't want to have anything to do with you you're a terrible person blah 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 blah. blah. if that's what they decide if they bail out on the relationship then the relationship is going to fall apart you can continue to love okay, them yeah yeah uh, but that doesn't save the relationship itself yeah uh, it doesn't matter um, It it is always an equation and if you take one of the uh, figures out of that equation then the equation fails
1: okay yeah I see what you're saying um okay the next one is sees potential and I basically covered that you know that yes we um, love people for who they are but we Mm -hmm. also
0: try to see the best in them and try to see how good things can be
1: Mm -hmm. for them because we're always supposed to be growing right in this life it's, it's
0: basic optimism
1: yeah the last one is go leads into our first one for what love isn't um and i've prepared quite a bit for it i studied a lot so Love is kind, but Uh, I've been holding on on to
0: hope for humanity, and I have no hope for humanity, so So you are going to try to convince me, let's go.
1: So this is a story I found on the New York Post website, and it happened back in 2013 in Tokyo. So at a train station, a woman fell between the platform and the train, and it was about an eight-inch gap. I, how she fit in it, I have no idea.
0: Well, I want whatever diet she was
1: on. <laughs> yeah. So she falls between. Um, they, you know, they alerted the train whatever the train didn't leave while he was there but about 40 people came to the rescue of the woman and they pushed the train is like 32 tons Uh and these 40 people pushed the train away from the platform so that they could free the woman Um, so the train is designed it has a suspension system to allow the the carriage to lean to either side so they had luckily had that in their favor but Um, So this woman fell down and they pulled out the woman and she was uninjured. So short story today.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Yeah. Does that give you any hope in humanity? You had 40 people this time. Uh,
0: Yeah, that's 40 people. That's pretty good. Uh, Yeah, it's a good story. I Think that this is actually one of the more hopeful stories that you've shared a bunch of people. I mean Part of the story is not one or two people. It was all of them. It sounds like it happened pretty much in unison um, The fact that the train was alerted immediately Says something somebody saw it and they just jumped into action. I think that there is something inside of people that says, um, at least at some level, somebody's in trouble. If we can help, then help.
1: No, I think that's true. I, I, I And, and so too. I
0: would uh, I say that thinking. there's some hope in humanity for that. It's also hard, though, to really buy into it too much because where I see some of that hope drop a lot of times is where uh, there's a risk to the people involved right so people are afraid for themselves and so they don't help somebody else nobody else was a risk here except for this lady now that's really good that they helped and I'm, and that's wonderful. I love to hear that kind of story. And so my hope in humanity goes up right there. Uh, as far as people going against their own self-interest and their own fears, I'm still a little skeptical. Okay.
1: Does
0: that work? Yep. Okay.
1: Sorry. But you don't have a number. I, I don't have, sorry, I don't have, I guess I could ditch the numbers. I don't know how to quantify numbers. that in numbers. Look, sometimes I get numbers, sometimes I don't deal with it. Okay okay so now we're gonna move on to we still don't have a title for this segment but that's okay it's, we're gonna it's do the
0: crazy deaths one right? yeah
1: yeah we so people y- go and
0: yeah vote. give us um some ideas what you think would be a good uh title for a segment about weird deaths or crazy deaths from history stuff like that um anyway so i picked one that i thought was really interesting Uh, for this week a man by the name of Franz I think it's Reichelt is how his uh, name is pronounced he is uh, an Austrian tailor he was uh, living in France born in Austria living in France okay and this was in the early 1900s and he was inspired to create a parachute Okay, so this was in the early days of aviation. The Wright brothers had already invented the airplane, but just because an airplane is built doesn't mean it's reliable. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people who were, you know, the Wright brothers started this flood of people building airplanes and crashing airplanes and people getting hurt and getting killed. And so he was reading all these stories of plane crashes. He was like, you know what? There's got to be a solution for this, and so he started to develop a parachute. And he developed what he called a parachute suit. Okay. okay. So the idea was, it's a suit that the pilot can wear, and pilot can jump out, and the whole suit becomes your parachute, and it slows you down as you fall, and you land nice and safe. Kind of like the things grass. you
1: see on. I mean, what I'm picturing is kind of like what you see on movies, like, you know, like we just watched how to train your dragon. Oh, like up. those
0: gliding suits? Uh,
1: it's
0: sort of, but completely different. And uh, those are meant for flying, not or gliding, not for uh, slowing down your fall. Okay. So, But sort of like that, there were lots of layers all over the scene. And he was like, man, this thing is going to work, mm-hmm. all right? So he had actually tested this many times from the window of his apartment in Paris, Okay, with a dummy. He put his suit on a dummy, threw it out the window, and it failed every single time. But he was very confident in his design. He was like, no, no, no. This cannot possibly be my design. It must be that the height is not right. I must be uh, dropping it from not high enough. And so he was determined to prove that his suit was going to work. And then on February 4th, 1912, he invited the press, he invited a bunch of people out to the Eiffel Tower for a test, right? And everybody shows up, they're like, okay, so he's going to throw a dummy into the suit and he's going to throw it off the Eiffel Tower. Uh Except he showed up wearing the suit. And he was like, y'all, you don't understand. I believe in this suit. And I'm going to prove it to you that it works myself, okay? And so, anyway, everybody there was pretty sure that he was going to kill himself. But he was cheerful, and he was, like, ready to prove them all wrong. He went up to, I think, the first platform uh-huh. on the Eiffel Tower. And uh, what? so the article that I was reading said that he seemed to pause before... Jumping, Maybe at that point he was going, dude, I'm totally going to die. What the crap am I doing? But he had gone that far, and he was like, nope, got to do it. So he jumped. So he jumped from the first platform of the Eiffel Tower, and he dropped straight to the ground, dying immediately on impact. And so then... um Uh, I think it was a paper, the Petit Parisian, Petit Parisian, sorry for all the, I I probably screwed it up in French and in English. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so they said, two seconds later, so this is a quote, two seconds later, in a pitiful wreck, he lay on the icy grass. He fell almost standing. Blood trickled through his mouth, nose, and ears. His right arm and leg were crushed. His skull and back were broken. Death was instant. So, I mean, at least he didn't suffer, but he died a pretty grisly death, and oh the, the worst thing about it is that all of his work, his experiment, all of it, did absolutely nothing to progress the effort to find a parachute. Or to, you know, basically he contributed nothing to actually developing parachutes he just thought he had an idea, well, his idea wasn't good, and he died for it so yeah it's it's a rough story, uh but there you go. the story of Franz Reichelt and
1: uh It's like all I can think of is um too bad Mythbusters wasn't around at that time. He would have learned something about how to do it <laughs> okay. an experiment. you start small and then you use
0: yeah. Good thing Myth, MythBusters didn't go and look at him and be like, "Hey, yeah, let's go look at how he did things." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty That's crazy. Really sad. Pretty crazy. So anyway, there's this week's crazy death. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I guess as much as one could enjoy such a thing, uh, but I thought it was kind of a fun story. Um, anyway, so let's get on to uh, our cookie. So we decided to go to a little bakery in KCK or Kansas City, Kansas. Really uh, non-locals. All of all of us locals call it KCK. So now you're in on the lingo, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, we went to a little bakery in KCK called Mima's Bakery. We walked in there. We were like, "Hey, what is your best cookie?" Hands hey, with your best shot, and uh, she said, "Oh, it's our chocolate chip cookie." And so we said, "Okay."
1: And I, th- I, I will say, well, let's taste it first, and then I'll yeah. say
0: something. So, oh. first observations: uh, little tiny chocolate chips, so I not think it's big cute ones.
1: Though.
0: I never said it wasn't. I'm just okay. Saying I'm saying what I observed for people who are listening. Yes, it's very flat. It's uh maybe two and a half inches across, flat cookie. It does seem pretty pliable. Yeah. And it has uh little chips and I can see there's a few inside, but most, most- of them look like they've been placed on top. Yeah. So anyway.
1: So my first thing that you know without my first taste, I'm like, oh that's kind of a different flavor than other chocolate chip cookies. I mean, not really different, but it's like, I don't know if it's.
0: Yeah, I would say that this is, um, it tastes to me more like a milk chocolate uh, for the oh, chocolate chips. I wasn't chips. Even noticing that. I, um, I like, so there is some uh, crunchiness mm-hmm. on the
1: outside. Yeah, the texture is The good. inside
0: is chewy, so I like that. I would have liked a thicker cookie. Mm-hmm. I think that she had her dough too warm when she baked it, which uh, you know is kind of what led to it flattening out uh, the way it did. So, and I would prefer to have the chocolate chips actually more incorporated into the cookie than just sprinkled on top. It is cute, but
1: so do you know? I,
0: I want good, not cute.
1: So do you know what that, like the base of, of the cookie, aside from the chocolate chips, mm-hmm. tastes a little bit different to me? And it's not good or or it's not bad. Is I think it might be like maybe more vanilla, maybe I don't know. Or
0: it could be. Um, I mean, it, it's it,
1: not a spicy flavor. It's just yeah,
0: no, it's not like nutmeg or cinnamon or anything like that. Um, I oh, don't know, it tastes... Maybe
1: a different sweetener, maybe? I don't think it's
0: a different sweetener. I don't know.
1: Anyway, I like the flavor. It's it's different than other...
0: Yeah. So there's nothing off-putting about the cookie. Mm-hmm. It's a decent cookie. I like it. It has some good chewiness to it. Um, It's a little bit flatter than I yeah. would like. Uh, I would prefer... Generally, I like bigger chocolate chips than the little teeny mini ones. And I prefer dark chocolate over milk chocolate. You know me. But um, all of that all together, I will say it is a pretty decent little cookie. And the, well, and decent, I think it fits the bakery itself. Because this is not like you walk in and there's stuff lining the shelves everywhere. This is a country style bakery, Mm -hmm. right? And you walk in, and you're like, oh, there's probably a little old lady in here uh, selling cookies and pies and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. right? And you walk in, and you see, like, the little uh, checkered uh, tea towels and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And you see a little old lady there. And so (laughs) I was like, oh, this is exactly what I thought I was. And so, yeah, this is exactly what I would expect. And it's... I think that it's a good uh I guess forgive the expression, I don't know if this is the right way to describe it but I'd say it's a good grandma cookie
1: and I will say too, like as far as price, like most cookies that you go and buy in a bakery and and I'll, and you they are usually bigger mm-hmm. more weight right um but we got a pack of six cookies for five dollars. Which yes that's is, true is that's unheard true. of
0: nowadays is, everything is way expensive
1: unless you go to the big grocery stores right. where they buy you know they buy everything in bulk and yeah so now
0: i will say though because i did call this a grandma cookie so i didn't know my grandmother's much growing up uh, my grandmother on my dad's side i met her a handful of times i do remember visiting my grandma on my mom's side I lived in Utah, she was there. I remember going to her house a number of times. I remember eating, she had candy that she would give us, and sometimes she'd give us ice cream cookies, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Cool. Her ice cream was usually freezer burnt, and her cookies are usually like old and dusty. So this isn't look. I love my grandma, but this isn't it's good grandma cookies. These are good grandma (laughs) cookies not the grandma cookies that I remember.
1: So I have to say, too, my grandma, um, my mom's mom, she loved candy, especially chocolate. So she Uh, always had a bowl of chocolate. And I don't remember the candy too much, but she always had tons of boxes of cereal. And and I'm like, and she did have other, like, we didn't live close to her. When we went there, we were visiting, but a lot of her other grandchildren, like one of her grandchildren, they had um, a house on the same property so maybe they would come and eat, but like tons, so we like, when we were there, we were like, oh, we're in Grandma's house. We can have all these sugar cereals, right? But I think they were like the old dusty yeah. flavor, and like. <laughs> but that's just one thing. That's one of the few things. I bought this cereal
0: in 1972.
1: <laughs> this is one I'm of the just things glad that I to see it going to good use. I remembered from my grandma's house with the big bowl of chocolate on the dining room table and the tons of cereals to choose yeah. from in the morning and. Well, there was other things, like, about where the house was yeah. located. But anyway, that's beside the point. Yep. <laughs>
0: but yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think we're ready to yeah. close so, out. Yeah, so, yeah, that was pretty
0: good. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And, you know, again, I, I apologize for the crazy, weird uh, cutting of... The episode, I hope that we've been able to pull it off in such a way that it doesn't
1: feel too chopped up. Um, People who just listen probably won't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, not. you know, so the
0: conversation is going to continue next week. And, again, next week uh, you're going to watch and you're going to be like, Hey, those guys are wearing the same outfits as last time. Yeah, because we're actually going to do both intros and everything right now so movie magic sorry guys i just let you see what's behind the curtain (laughs) anyway thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time but until then we will leave you with our motto memento mori usquero vivere
1: remember you will die until then live